Diddy Bread, you know what season it is. Do I? I think you do. What season is it, Blum? Uh, well, as you know, being a person of the education, yes. it's graduation season. Oh, it is. You're right. I've been to many graduations, as you know. Begrudgingly. Begrudgingly. And you know what I always think you should do when you go to your graduation ceremony? Um, wear nothing under your robe. No, that's vulgar. Oh, okay. That's you show everybody your privates. That's what? not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> okay, tell me. I I always envision a man or a woman who's graduating and mm-hmm. a nice pair of spares. Oh, okay. And then you know what you do with them? Yeah, what's that? When you get the diploma, you know, you shake the hand of the person mm-hmm. handing it to you, and then you hit a dance step. <laughs> and the Sperry's will look good while you're doing it, and they'll yeah. give you a modicum of support so okay. your back isn't injured. Give me an example of one of those dance steps that you uh, might do. Like, what I might do is yeah. I might get my high school diploma and hit the running man. Oh, running man. Yeah. That's a good one. And then I'll have a little bit of cushion. Yeah. And I won't slip on the stage. Sure, because Sperry's are boat shoes. Because they're boat shoes. Non-slip. Yeah. That's right. So, for all graduates, people attending graduates, and knowers of people who have graduated or are planning to graduate, I would advise you to go over to www.sperry.com or more professionally, www.sperry.com. <laughs> oh, my God. Welcome to Explain Yourself, the podcast where anyone can attempt to explain anything. We hope everyone enjoyed our last episode, episode seven, which was entitled Amateur Hour. And that was with our buddy, John Cochran. And we literally pulled topics out of a bowl. Yep. And I think it went pretty well for being spontaneous. I thought it was my funniest episode of the season, (laughs) which is a very low bar. Exceptionally low. Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. Yep. I'll give you the, the funniest of the season. Um, Michael, why don't you introduce our guest? Uh, yes, Jonathan is our guest today. He is a friend. He's a new friend of the podcast, mm-hmm. as I like to think of him. Yes. We're always looking for new and interesting guests. Uh, Jonathan and I have been negotiating, trying to get ourselves together over the last couple of weeks. He even suffered through a pre-meeting. <laughs> as you know, not only am I the rancid sidekick, I'm also the guest booker. <laughs> so he had to sit there rancid meeting. We're trying to just come up with just what we we're going to talk about, basically. And the the topic we settled on was empathy. Jonathan, you would discuss a how terrible the meeting with me was, <laughs> and, b, and b. Uh, how we got to this point of, of talking about empathy. Sure, sure. Uh, so we came up with different topics. Um, I think the the one you honed on was the one I'm more familiar with, uh-huh. with which is a LGBTQ plus topic. And as we were talking about it, I remembered I had a little breakthrough because I was talking about how I was an empath. And the reason I didn't like to hurt people's feelings was because when they're hurt i felt it so it was kind of like a i don't know if it's a selfish thing but it was it was like um coming back to me uh-huh. mm. so not like i was this compassionate person it was just that it it affected me that's why i didn't do it mm-hmm. but as i was thinking i was like no that kind of helped me go through my process of coming out in a very conservative home um one of them was um my parents were conservative they still are a little bit um i respect that but um, I had to eventually come out to them. And I think that was one of my biggest nightmares coming out to them because I felt like I was going to be 
kicked out or yeah. Yeah, and the usual story we hear is my parents were very conservative and religious. Uh-huh. I came out to them, and then they called me a bunch of horrible names and never spoke to me again. <laughs> yes. And that when you started to tell the story, I was like, uh-oh, this is going to go really badly. Yes. But your story was not they kicked me out and called me a bunch of horrible names. It was actually much more about how being empathetic sort of, I don't know, say saved your relationship, but made it. I don't know, made it through that time, basically. So can you talk more about that? Yeah, yeah. So when I came out, I was I was older, I was an adult, so they really couldn't kick me out. And I was there they're back in Mexico and I'm here. But I think what helped me was most of the times I think when you come out to parents, you just blurt it out. And I think it's because of constant like years and years of bottling it up. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, it was, yes, I have this explosion in my mind. And it was actually, it, the time that I came out with my parents was when I was breaking out with my ex. Oh. So it was kind of like a moment of like, ah, uh, what do I do? Like everything was coming in together. So I kind of told them, um, but it was at a moment of crisis. But it kind of mm-hmm. helped me hone back because I'm like, if I explode right now, they're not going to know how to deal mm-hmm. with it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had to kind of rein it back. Um, I'm very blessed with parents that even though they're conservative they, they still see the importance of family yeah so my mom said <clears throat> i don't agree with that i don't i don't know um right now but you're never gonna stop being our Aww. son yeah That's so that so kind of it's so it's it's like a back and forth like yeah i respected them and because of that they respected me so yeah. it kind of gives this this kind of bond and help wrestle with it mm-hmm they're not completely supportive of it. They're coming to it. Um, I don't know if I could get married and they'll come to the void. I think they could. I would want them to. I'd hope so. Sure. How long ago was it that you told them? I, I want to say 10 years ago. Okay. <clears throat> so they're just kind of on a journey. Of yes. We're both on a journey. We're yeah. both on a journey. Right. That's, and that's what I, uh, I remember talking to people, to one of my friends, and they're like, my parents don't get it. And I was like, well, you did not... Uh, embrace yourself mm. how do you expect them to yeah embrace this at that moment of like okay I'm immediately dead, I'm gay. right embrace me when you right. had years to of, process to process i think that's such an interesting sort of as as a straight man i don't think about these kind of things because yeah. it's and the word from last week was hetero- heteronormativity. That's why we don't think about it. <laughs> right. Yep. I, don't, I don't think about it because I've never been really forced to. It's kind of like. Yeah. We, we never had to tell our parents, hey, mom and dad, I just want you to know that I'm straight, that I'm attracted to men. You know, on like. A, on a side note, one yeah. time my mom did ask me if I was a player. Oh, did she? Yeah. That's a whole different conversation. It was so awkward. (laughs) I kind of getting goosies thinking about it. And it was seriously. So she was serious. She wasn't joking around with you. No, she was like, I read this word in the newspaper. A lot of the kids call themselves players. Was was she concerned? Was she like, I'm going to get you or like. Between concerned and inquisitive. Mm. And I mean, the answer was obviously no. But even if I was, if you want some real player stuff, if you're telling your mom about it. Right. You know what right, I mean? Right, exactly. But it's just so cringy. Uh. <laughs> and it's still making me cringe, even oh, though that man. was uh, probably 20 years ago. Oh, my gosh. So I can only imagine what it would be to have some more in-depth yeah. discussion with your parents about this kind of but stuff. But I, I also think... I think parents know. Mm. I think most of them are in denial. I mean, this is just from my experience. But mm-hmm. I think... 
I mean, I think a mom and a dad have to know. I was going to ask that. Parents, my mom especially, pretty intuitive. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know what would have escaped her attention. (laughs) Why do you think they have to know? Well, I think there's a connection, especially with a mom and a a son. There's Mm. a connection. And I think there's stuff that, like, I was good at at faking stuff. Mm -hmm. So once I figured it out, I was like, oh, shoot, I can't be who I am. So I need to learn how to fake it. Wow. So did you ever have a girlfriend? No, I talked about a. I talk about girls all the time that mm-hmm. I was gonna marry. Yeah, a girl. My mom's Asian, so I would say I would, I would always marry an Asian woman just yeah. to please my mom. Right. And then I would have kids and blah blah blah. Um, I did have a quote unquote girlfriend, but it was just I was trying to show off to my friends. Mm-hmm. But there's things that I think like an, a gay person does that, even if you're the greatest faker, I think they they kind of mm-hmm. catch on to. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, and it's not it's not like the stereotypical things. No. Um, which <laughs> I do remember. I think the reason, and I hope my mom doesn't listen to it. <laughs> yeah. If she does, she'll be fine with it. <laughs> but I think there's little stuff that I think they knew. So they're trying to, if they could curve my behavior, they could curve my yeah. identity. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> I remember um, I would, I mean, I grew up with sisters, but they're not the girliest sisters, but they're sisters. Yeah. So right. I wanted to do what they did. Sure. But I remember I asked for a Ken doll for my like seventh birthday, yeah. and they did get it to me. But somehow the the dog um, chewed. Oh, oh <laughs> no! So and I was kind of mad about him, like. And then um, I remember my mom always got on to me for limpress. Oh, really? She's like, she's like, manly men don't don't limp the rest. I was like. I, I didn't understand it. I was like, <laughs> like a wrist makes you gay, right, right. And if you stop doing it, like that's all right. Um, crossing my legs, uh huh, um, uh huh. She wouldn't let me cross my legs, and my dad did that. Yeah, but it was funny because my dad did it, and then um, I was like, "But dad doesn't." He's like, yeah. "Well, if he's already proof his manhood." Oh no! <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. That's some cold stuff, mom. <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, they meant well. But I think those are the little hints that made me realize mm. that they knew. Yeah. But they thought that by curving my behavior, they could curve my identity. Too. Interesting. Um, huh. Yeah. Mm. So that's why that's why I think they knew. It's just when I say it, that's like, oh, no. Yeah, it's confirmation. I also think it projects it out into their world, right? Like, Yeah, it makes it real. Yeah, but they have to also have to deal with like the social ramifications from their yeah. group that they're in. Well, I think for them it was easier because they were going through some kind of deconstruction too. So a lot of their conservative friends were leaving them. Not because of me, but because of their stance. Um, so I think that kind of helped a little bit that mm. it wasn't like they were trying to keep up appearances because they were gone. Right. So that was kind of thrown out. But yeah. When you first came out, they come to you with a billion questions? No. No. Not really. My dad is a good listener. And so he, he used, first of all, he taught me to respect everybody. And no matter what they do, they, people deserve respect mm. no matter what they do. It's, it's not something earned. It's something given. Yeah. So he always gave people um, respect. I never actually heard him talk bad about anybody. Wow. So he always listened and he just listened to what I say. And mostly he would tell me only if I asked him, like, what's your stance? Whatever. Yeah. It's like, well, this is what I believe. But it wasn't never of tell you how, why he's wrong or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Unless I asked him. Right. Um, unless he was really concerned about something. Sure. So that helped me process a little bit without having 
people down my throat telling me, oh, yeah. this is especially family. Yeah. Right. They didn't want to like preach to you yeah, about it. Exactly. Okay. That's good. Exactly. And um, that kind of helped me get out and view the whole thing and realize that it's not just me. Yeah. That it's them. And I, I feel like, and I'm not projecting that on other people, but I think it's just most of the times we it, we push people away not and not just with this i i feel like a lot of times we have an epiphany and we want everybody to be on the same page right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and when they're not we push them away by judgment or whatever right and i think that's what's happening with people coming out is like they want people to be that's not all the case i, w- I don't want to say that's all the cases right but that's mm-hmm. a factor mm-hmm. um because they have to come to terms too, not just you. Mm-hmm. It's both parties. Right. Have to come to ter- terms. Right. I've um, seen a lot of that with the uh, with trans identities and families, and I mean, especially around here, if somebody is kind of exploring their gender identity, it's very hard for people to have that empathy. And I'm sure it's kind of been the same way. I think with LBG, anybody coming out as gay is going to have that problem where people aren't going to be ready to just jump yeah. to where you are in yeah. your thinking. And yeah, yeah, that's an interesting point. And I, I kind of veered onto the, the other where I want to respect everybody to where sure. I'm like, yes, I want to respect people, but I also want people to understand like yeah. they're different people, like not yeah. enabling them, but being like, I'm gay. Yeah. I'm not going to be putting it in your face, but I do want to show you that I'm different and right. people are going to be different. And to kind of know how to deal with that right exactly um, we were just talking last episode about the percentage of lbg okay it, there's a lot of letters <laughs> yes. lgbtqia plus there's an i and an a now yeah. yet the percentage of folks who identify in these categories has has just gone up and up yeah. and it will continue to as people are more comfortable sharing that yeah, you know yeah, yeah and i mean for the long time i i didn't want to come to terms with the the word gay because it has a lot of stereotypes to it. Absolutely. Um, Not because I didn't want to come out, but it's just, there's a lot of stereotypes, but I'm like, you know what? It's just the term. And I'm the one that has to be able to define it to other people. That's right. Right. Um, They're going to see me, they're going to come stereotypes, but once they get to know me, they'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that's kind of the bottom line. It's like, we're talking about human beings, right? All of us. share this common you know just experience of being alive and going through like hard things and fun things and you know if you can't i think that comes back to the empathy if you can't empathize with someone just because one factor of their life is slightly different from yours you know to me that's just you've closed off your yeah your ability to empathize and i think i think a lot of uh that the root is fear yeah. Because um, you see something different. Yeah. Sure. And Don't understand your, it. Your primal instincts come in and says you're 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 threatened. Right. Right. And then if you don't check that, I mean, which is fine because it's your system that's helped us survive all these years. But if you right. don't come to check and be like, okay, am I really in danger? Right. Because right. If somebody holds right. hands that are the same gender, then be like, okay, no, I'm not in yeah. danger. What's going to happen? Exactly. And be like, okay, <laughs> I'm fine. Right. I'm alive. Right. Yeah. They're not going to shoot me. They're just yeah. holding hands. They're right. kissing. All right, calm down. Everybody calm down. Calm down. Anybody kissing grosses me out, by the way. <laughs> there, was a very, there was a very famous quote. This is from the 70s. This guy was a civil rights leader, passed away recently, named Julian Bond. 
And this is, you know, at the the height of gay liberation. Yeah. And he says, if you don't like gay marriage, then don't get gay marriage. Oh, Elizabeth Warren gave the best <laughs> response. Like, to, it was very similar to that. Yeah. I wonder if she borrowed from that from that guy. What was his name? Julian Bond. Okay, that's a great quote. That's the most <laughs> simple and practical retort yeah. to anything I've ever heard. Yeah. That's funny. The, it's similar exchange when Elizabeth uh, Warren, she was at a forum of some kind yeah. and somebody stood up and he, he asked, like, what would you say? To someone who defines marriage as between one man and one woman, and she goes, "Well, then you should just marry one woman," you know, <laughs> and and then she goes, "If you can find one," <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, I'm voting for you," right. and I did all the way with Elizabeth Warren. Oh, um, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, how is it going to affect you at all if this is happening in the world? And it is, you know. And the, uh, the yeah. argument is always that if. Well, the argument against gay marriage before it was legal was that it's going to ruin the sanctity of marriage. Oh, gosh. Like, okay. How Which about... I say our straight people have done a fine job. Of yeah, that. I was going to say, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about infidelity and abuse and oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. No, we're not even going to give that that argument any any time on our podcast. Yes. But let's talk more about your empathy. You said you define yourself as an empath, Jonathan. What does that mean? I mean, I'm assuming um, I mean, you're I'm just not, empathetic. But. I'm self-diagnosed. <laughs> okay. I just read a lot of, uh, by research, I've I read, read a lot nothing. of internet. Yes, you tell us. <laughs> yes, you're is, the expert. This is exactly <laughs> the bar yeah. of knowledge that gets you on explain yourself. I'm an expert now. Yes. <laughs> you know more, like 100% more than we do. No, no. So, I mean, as I was growing up, I had this thing where I remember I would feel things uh, people were feeling mm. so I would watch movies and somebody died and I, I'd be in mourning for a whole month oh really gosh, I'd be in this Jonathan. melancholy I feel like it was somebody I knew yeah um, I remember hating going to the city because I grew up in near Mexico City so right. goes, or even yeah. any city yeah and there's a lot of poor people or yeah. and not just poor people but like handicapped people mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. and I remember having with my family and being fun and all of a sudden I see them and I just my whole day got ruined because yeah. I'm like oh like Oh, like wow. so with everything like I'd feel everything when my mom was sad I would feel it yeah. I thought it was my fault no oh, man um, everything so then I was like what's wrong with me <laughs> <laughs> um, there's got to be a spectrum for this though yeah. right because I can think of the opposite like somebody who's just completely sociopathic and callous yeah. and can't yeah, I think imagine. that's on the other extreme yeah. Yeah. they're both yeah. unhealthy well, <laughs> well and I was going to say uh, there's got to be a benefit to it but it sounds like from what you were describing it really just like caused you a lot of trauma yes yes (laughs) because imagine like imagine living every single bad feeling all the time and for a kid i didn't know what it was but i felt it what about good stuff do you also like you're happy when other people are happy or yes okay yeah but i i actually it it kind of veered to the negative side so i felt for some reason i felt negative emotions more than i actually felt possible probably because there's a sense of there being brokenness there and it's almost yeah. like I need to like yeah. fix this or or I want this to be yeah. fixed. Yeah, right? well, not necessarily yeah. I want to fix this right. I'm feeling this and I don't like it and what is yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, right. okay. yeah. Okay, you want it to be different. You want to feel something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, music was probably my palate cleanser growing up because really? I listened to music. And the funny thing is I wasn't allowed to listen to any pop music. Anything oh. that had beat, all classical, <laughs> anything that had beat was of the devil. This is some conservative so, stuff. Up. But I had my own little disc man walking sure. and being very fearful that they were going to catch me with sure. music. I would listen to it and that made me feel better. 
Oh, um, okay. So see you do some rebellious stuff, like put on oh, Simon yeah. Garfunkel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, you're going to hate me, but I started my first introduction no to judgment. the pop world was the Backstreet Boys. There you yes. Go. <laughs> Everybody yeah, rock went, your body. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, it went to like boy bands. A little bit of NSYNC and then... Britney, I love NSYNC. Britney Spears was my big... Absolutely. This is good stuff. Um, this is good stuff. But I mean, I'm starting to embrace and be like, yeah, but everybody around me judges me for that, which is fine. No, but, well, we're not, not here. No, absolutely not. I have <laughs> them on playlists. Like, seriously. Yes. So anyway, then I realized that... And I was talking to just recently to one of my friends and she's introduced me to the word empath and mm-hmm. yeah and started reading it and so i was like oh my god this like, is me this is me it's so cool to have a yeah. category and do you think because that music is notoriously upbeat yes yeah you're right and, and happy oh, right my okay, okay. Yes. like bubblegum pop it's super, yes that's, it makes so much yes sense. It, okay it does make sense lauren was playing pop life i don't even know who what, what you know that? about this pop life i, I was, don't know that it was, yeah it's in sync it was in sync there you go there she's playing oh can't stop yes around the house yes and i was like what? i remember now that was that's a yeah. deep cut there yeah, yeah. She's oh, playing. yeah. i was like first what are we doing over here but don't was, you give her a hard time I, I try not to. All right. Um, but I was like, what is? what are we doing? And then I was listening to it because she was playing it. And then it was like, pop life is not a, a thing. Sure it is. That exists. It did. It sure did back in the day. Well, it seems I was wrong. It did. You were living it, right? <laughs> yes, it was making right. you. Yes, I was completely right. submerged in it. Yeah, but it was it was really improving your existence. It sounded yeah. like it was the counter to the sadness. Yeah, because I mean, I, if so I, I was really wrong on this one. <laughs> yeah, Not, yeah. I like I didn't. I can't imagine if I dove into like Metallica or. Uh. I think I'd be like, what? Yeah, um, I never. I never got the. The obsession with metal, although I, I'm I'm starting to understand it because Jerry was into it for a time. Well, he was also an angry teenager, which is what Metallica he was, was an for. angsty teen. Yeah, I mean, when your dad dies when you're ten, you know, that'll do it. Like you get to be angsty, I guess, right, for a period of time. He got it all out of his system. Like I, when I, I met him, I saw none of that. I fully, I fully believe you get a decade or two. To you be, get, you yeah. get to your be time. upset about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. But I'm with you. I think you, you got to give yourself space for things like pop music or like junk food or just the things that you know are like, you know, critically not great or not yeah. great for you. But like, no, just in this space for this amount of time, this is what I need to make me like feel better. I totally get that. Yes. Yeah. Right. And the other <laughs> thing I've been working on as I get to be an adult is feelings are not truth. These things can be separated, and they each, just like junk food, they each have their own place. So I feel something does not mean it actually happened. Well, it's true that you feel it, but what right. do you mean like, it's not truth? Because I, I think it can be. I had a job interview today. Yes. I feel I did poorly. Oh. Okay. Okay, so, so feelings can be deceptive is right. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, lit- sure. I have literally no proof of that. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I was walking around the grocery store bubbing today. Okay. Then I felt sad. Then I felt disappointed in myself. And there may be no reason for any of this. Okay. And sometimes I feel sad for nothing has happened to me. Sure, sure. So this is not true. Right. Right. But it should be acknowledged and dealt with. Yes. And then on the other side is there, you know, there is a time for truth. Right. Which is like, okay, you know, 
I'm sorry you're sad, but we need you to pull yourself together here. Right. The house is on fire. Right. right? All right. Yeah. Time for a fire extinguisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we need to be really specific about what you mean by what's true and what's not true. Because you you need to acknowledge the feeling that you're having. Because that's true that you feel that way. Right. What's not true, and it could be, you don't know, but it's probably not true the thing that you are afraid of being true. Right. Yeah. But what are your thoughts, Jonathan? I mean, of course, I grew up conservative, so emotions yeah. were a taboo, like, uh, the heart is deceitful about all things and desperately yeah. wicked. Um, who can Quoting Bibles up in <laughs> you know, here. I know, right? I mean, I grew up with it, so I can <laughs> no, quote same. all... Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I can quote uh, Baxter Boys just as good as the, script, the scriptures. <laughs> the range of this guy is amazing. <laughs> These are both sacred texts, yes, by the way. Yes, <laughs> yes, please. No, but, um, so I was like... So I would fight him. So I would have emotions and I would fight him and be like, they're bad. So you think automatically this is deceptive. This is deceptive. Right. This is bad. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't until years later recently that I've realized that, yes, they might not be accurate, but they're there. Mm -hmm. And so you have to acknowledge them. Right. And you have to be compassionate to Mm -hmm. that part just as much as you have compassion to yourself. Yeah. I'm I'm in the same boat. I grew up in the same kind of culture and it wasn't ever expressly said that emotions are bad, but you you got it in so many different ways. Like even at home, we were not permitted to be sad for very long. It was like it was like there was no time to just yeah. be sad. So it was like, okay, you've had you've you've had your cry. Now you're done. We were literally told, I don't know how many times, like that's enough, right? Oh, like yeah. no more of that. And then, you know, various other emotions were stifled along the way. And then we got quoted the Bible verses and that kind of thing. So so I grew up with this notion, and I think I still kind of hold on to this somewhat, that whatever my first gut reaction to something is, is probably not the one that I should go with, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, how often is that true, though? I don't know. Well, and the other thing is, now that I'm a parent, yes. what I, I'm a parent of a two-year-old, mm. but I, I, I imagine this process takes time, Yeah, is the thing, one of the things with little kids is they don't fully understand what is an actual problem. <laughs> yes, this is true. And what is a, <laughs> like, a there's, there, there's a scale of problems. Yes. But to them, everything is a 12. Right. So, right. like, exactly. your bowl fell on the floor right. is the same as your head is broken. <laughs> right, exactly. But then, so oh, after a while. Or, like, my sock is half off. Right. And they can fix it easily. And you're just like, why are you melting down right, right. now? Yeah. <laughs> so, and this sounds like I'm going to, you know, like. But there is a time of like, okay, you know, I've seen you put in your sock 11,000 times. Yes. Your sock is hanging off. I'm going to need you to stop crying about that <laughs> yeah. and put your sock on. Right. So it's not right. all, like you can't always completely validate everything for children. Absolutely agree. Because agreed. they'll have no discernment as to what is and is not a big deal. Absolutely agreed. I and was it's, thinking. It's cute for a two-year-old. No, no, no. Right. If you got right. the exactly. and you had the sock problem, it would be a big disaster. <laughs> right. I was thinking actually specifically of a time when I came home from school. It was probably seventh or eighth grade. So this is, I'm right. you know, I'm yeah. preteen or teen. And I had a, I had a rough day at school and I was, I mean, and this wasn't me often, you know, my personality, like Full I'm, of spirit. I'm pretty bubbly <laughs> and I was just like down and I came home and I didn't want to do anything. I didn't fit, you know, this is how you are when you're down. You don't feel like doing anything. And so I went in my room and I got in my bed and I was just laying there 
and my mom got home from work and she was just like mad she was mad at me she's like what are you doing get out of bed like you're not allowed to be in here feeling this way you know she like you have stuff mopes. to do yeah. yeah there's there was no mopes there was absolutely no mopes so this is yeah, yeah this is more complicated than it seems yeah yes. oh and i'm not trashing my mom no. like mommy if you're listening i love you so much <laughs> and i think you did a great job raising me because um, you, I, I wonder if your mother and she has more experienced parenting than i do is yes she thinks that moping begets continued moping yes like I'm sure she had a really know, good reason. We all know mopey teenagers, and there is a time of like, hey, also, we need to get this life accomplished. Absolutely. You know there was I mean? always something to do in the R- house. R- yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I don't, I don't know. This is, this is a complicated issue. And I'm, well, another thing I'm not looking yeah. forward to dealing with. I also yeah. think that sometimes, I mean, yes, emotions you have to validate, but sometimes we stop at that and we think that we need to change your emotions before we keep going forward. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so like my niece, I take care of them on Wednesday mornings. Yeah. And the third one, she's pretty like the same thing. She's yeah. very vocal about everything. Yeah. And I mean, granted, she had just finished watching a show. So she's already in that zone. Yeah. And I sort of pick up something. And of course, she melts. Uh. And starts <laughs> crying. And so screaming. Yeah. And so I, so I mean, the parenting skills from, it would be change your attitude before you continue mm. or anything. I just, I just picked her up. Yeah. And helped her hand over hand. And she started picking up. She was still crying. Uh-huh. Yeah. She was still screaming, but she started picking up. Oh, what a metaphor. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and so she, so she eventually finished picking up. She did yeah. what she needed sure. to do. Um, she did it crying and I had to help her, but she finished it. Right. So in her yeah. mind, she was able to finish the loop of follow through, maybe not yes. the right emotions, but she calmed down afterwards. Yes. Sure. Which that's adults. Like, come on. How many of us go to work and go through the motions yeah. even when we're not feeling it? Yeah. Like the idea that we would have to feel like doing something before exactly. we do it. We say fake it till you make it all the time around here. And I believe that. Like right. pretend that you want to do this and maybe you'll want to do this. And C.S. Lewis says this about love. Stop worrying about whether you actually love your neighbor Act as if you love your neighbor and then you will eventually love your neighbor, right? Going through the motions will get you there. And that's exactly what happened with your niece. She's like, okay, doing this is okay. You know, like I'm not dying. I had to help her hand over hand. Right, right. And that's the other thing. You need help, right? But then she started doing it all by herself. Oh, God, this Um, is so great. And then she was done. And then I was like, there's nothing to cry about because she didn't have to do work. That's right. And she was like, oh, okay. Okay. And just... When I'm married, like, there we yeah. go. instead of me like making it worse by saying you need to stop crying, you need to stop whatever. Yes, and then it make it everything worse. And by the end, after I had the talk and preached over her, she still <laughs> had to pick up whatever yes. she had uh-huh. to pick up. Yes, and then another meltdown. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're so right, and that is usually. I mean, you uh, know now, Michael. Like the more I think you try to to change the emotion i think that's just a battle you may not even need to right. my granted her screams made me want to oh no <laughs> and see that's the other thing there's but gonna be like parental emotions coming in too, I, right i had to do the same thing yes. i had to go through the motions of helping her because yes. my emotions were like stop screaming yes, yes. <laughs> i just had to be like okay 
All right. Hand over hand. You okay? <laughs> yes. Good job. Breathe, everybody. Good job. It's unnerving so to be screamed at by a child. <laughs> yes. Oh my because goodness. You do. It's almost easier to be screamed at by an adult because you feel yeah. like you could just be like, "All right, shut the f up." Right. Right. You know right. I mean? Right. Yes, exactly. exactly. But little kids, they'll, they'll blast you. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I get blasted on a pretty regular basis <laughs> to the point where, like, sometimes it actually hurts my ears. Oh. Because I'll pick her up and she'll just. You know, She's screaming in your ear. You're like yeah. really close. Mm. And I think we all have a mechanism dealing with adults. With little kids, it's like completely different. That's a whole other ball game. Yeah. yeah. Because you want to model the behavior, right? Right. But you don't really want to model the behavior. What you want to do is be like, yo, stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like trying to perform in a fire alarm. Yeah. It is yeah, like that's a good way. Your body is telling you. Yes, that's a great way. But you're like, there's no danger. Yeah. But your body's still like, you're in danger, you're in danger. So yeah. then it's screeching. And I think it's biologically, it's made that way. So oh, you, sure. You pay Absolutely. attention to it. Yes. Yeah, you can't just lay there. Yeah. <laughs> no. I tried one time in my dorm. I was like, I'm not going down 13 flights of stairs right now. But yeah, I couldn't lay there because it was just too, exactly. It was exactly. too harrowing. But yeah, um, where were we? Empathy. Empathy. Yes. Emotions. Yes, yes, emotions. So yeah, so I, I mean... I've learned to use the um, attitude of curiosity mm. rather than fear because curiosity is telling you, wait a minute, there's something more going mm. on over here. Right. Let's, let's see what it is. And instead yeah. of being like, this is danger, emotions are bad, fight him, pray them away, <laughs> pray the get away, or be like, uh, okay, what, what, what's going on over here? Mm-hmm. And so... It's kind of helped me navigate. Um, I also work with kids with autism. Mm. I've been working for like eight years and they've been my healing. Wow. Because I think they are a gift. Absolutely. Um, I think that every every uh, generation has its troubles and challenges. And I think there is a remnant, like there is a, a, a healing. Mm. And it's very, uh, it's not what you think it is. Right. And I think autism attacks everything that is wrong with our society mm. per se because when you have to deal with a kid with autism you have to first of all you have to get into their world yep um second of all they see past your bs <laughs> yeah so you can oh, tell them do. you can tell them to be calm but if you're not calm they're gonna read you before they yeah hear yeah. You. yeah that's right that's so right. you need to like check your emotions before you deal with them because they pick up i think they're all empaths. Oh, wow. They can feel you before yeah. they can hear you. Wow. So you have to get all that in check. Mm. Yeah. Um, That's and just even the communication, you have to, you have to communicate. Most of them that I work with are nonverbal. Mm-hmm. So you have to catch up on the cues. Yeah. It's not what they say. It's like you have to catch up on the cues. Right. You have they to have work their own language. And yeah. Like you have movement. to work so hard yeah. to get into that, which is the opposite of what society is. It's just yeah. like so detached from from each other yeah um if we learn to tell each other languages whatever bs and be like oh they say that they're fine okay they're fine but you're right like, okay, they did this oh. they they i can sense that it's not Man. fine we're losing this ability too but like, especially think, now with yeah. with the the amount of time we interact um not in person yes and we can't pick up on those yes. those nonverbal things uh-huh. yeah and i think there are a lot of parts of the world where empathetic men are seen as weak yeah i think you're right I mean, I can see that, and I definitely felt that way most of the times because I'm, I'm just like, I don't know what to do with these emotions. Right. Right. And I think that's here, too. I think emotion is a feminine quality. But anyway, yes, yeah, so this ahead. leads me to my other question. You were, you were in the Marines. 
Yes. I can't think of a tougher bunch of people than the Navy SEALs. I think that's one of the reasons I joined the Marines was to prove myself that I could. Oh. To be like, okay, I'm a man. I'm going to do the toughest thing that a man can do. When did you decide? Yeah, how long did you went to the Marines? So I went to college for two years, and I was like, I just didn't know what to do with myself. I went to a very conservative college, so I was like, ugh. So you're 20. Yeah, and then I was like, you know what? I need to do something really big right now. I need to get out of my head. I yeah. get out of everything. Mm. What can I do? Join the Marines. Wow. <laughs> okay. So where did you go? Uh, Paris Island? Yes. Nice. I went to the recruiter's office, and they're usually known for BSing people and sugarcoating everything. Yes. I, like, I, know, I know what it is. Don't sugarcoat me. I want to get in. And yeah. he's like, okay, that was easy. <laughs> Sign me up, man. Sign Let's up. go. Um, I went in. I went to Paris Island. Um, it's funny because I got in and you can tell those people that are tough in. I was like, oh, oh my sure. gosh. You see them like they're they're the epitome of Marine Corps. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Meatheads. shoot. I, and um, I was like skinny and I was fit, but I was really skinny. Second week. They're the first ones to be crying. <gasps> the crying, crying. Really? And then the the drone structures can smell that, so they're yelling at them and they're crying. Why uh-huh. are these people? They're crying. Um, like I know why they're crying because the, this they is, want their mamas. This is very difficult. But do you think it is because that they've never learned how to process emotions? Well, so they they Maybe. say they they break you before they build you up. Right. And I think because they're so it's, they're so rigid. Right. And who they think they are. It's oh. easy to break. Yeah. But I was going in and curious. I was like, oh my God. Release. I was like, I'm going to do everything like they say. I, I'm yeah, just, yeah. I'm like my eyes wide open. Yeah. Um, wow. And so I flew under the radar for the longest time yeah. and they finally saw me and it was just too late because we we're almost out. And then I got the artist recruit. So I didn't realize that when you're the artist recruit, they can't touch you because you have to do a lot of stuff at the end with painting the flag, whatever. So they, oh. they can't touch you. So the last like two weeks, I was spending inside uh, like a locker, like closet. So I was in the closet. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so they would, I remember oh one time gosh. I was in the desk. They had gone out um, doing whatever and I was drawing and they came in and the drone instructor was really mad at them. So he had them uh, do exercises. And they were sweating so much that it was like a little layer of sweat. <laughs> and I was just sitting there looking Disgusting. at them and be like, oh, I yeah. feel bad, but I don't You're feel like, bad. I'm over here with my pencils. Um, you guys yeah. have fun. That's so funny. Because at the whole time, I was like, okay, I'll do everything you need me to do. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so the other people came in and like, yeah, I'm a Marine. One of them actually had a Marine tattoo, which is, ooh, they, as soon as, because you have to stand in line naked. Yeah, most this of the time. is like going in. He had yeah. already gotten uh-huh. the. Oh yeah, no, he didn't no. Even know he was going to be a marine, and they're like, no. they yelled at him and they yeah. chewed him out. I was like, he didn't know. Bless his little heart. He I didn't don't, know. I don't think he actually made it. I, that does not surprise me. And like <laughs> now you now you know. Don't get that tattoo yes. until yes. you know. Right. Oh. So you so. make it through Paris Island, and then what do you like? What is your job going to be, and like how does this progress? Um. Granted, at this point, I was still in the closet. Yeah. Especially the Marine Corps. You, you just don't come out no, at all. Imagine. Even if they had abolished, like, don't ask, don't tell, you would not have said anything. At that I mean, time, had they? They it had was the like, don't okay. ask, don't tell. But they're pretty much backwards. Like, there's a yeah. lot of racism. There's a lot yeah. of uh, <laughs> all that stuff in there. Yeah. 
So I'm like, I'm just going to keep... I think my... For as long as I was in the Marine Corps, I think I just shoved my game as far in the closet to where I was just asexual. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I was celibate. I was like, let's, completely yeah. like yeah. nothing. I was like, ooh. Okay. Um, I was just so scared. Um, I was in the reservist, so I still had to do the, the school. Yeah. Uh, I was um, a music technician. Oh, cool. Okay. Pretty much count bullets. Nice. Okay. Uh, so yeah, but like the whole time I I never I only came out to like two people in there, but I was just so scared. Yeah. Just so much so much fear. Yeah. But I also saw that it was a facade because I I stayed there long enough and I could I could sense I could feel that that the whole machoism mm. was a facade. They mm-hmm. wanted to belong somewhere. Yeah. And they thought the be marine was to chew everybody else and to be better than everybody else mm-hmm. and have the mentality but I could see a lot of fear in them. Yeah. I saw a lot of fear. Yeah. But of course you can't point that out. You can tell, you can't be like, Oh, I you can now on this oh. podcast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but but no, you, you're right. Not you there. That, oh my God. Yes. Woo. Even if it's true. Woo. Yeah. But well, Man. and because that's, that's what they fear. I mean, and probably among a lot of other things, but the fear of, of being found out to be something other than this yes. macho, yeah. you know, having this just impenetrable and psyche. If, and if you're not emotionally mature, there's a lure to power and to submitting people, of course. like to making people feel bad, uh-huh. prowess, or yeah. there's a luring, um, there's something good about that that makes you feel that it makes you be like, oh yeah, I wanna, I wanna get into that. Yeah, well, I think this is how you reify your power, right? Is yeah. you are able to, I don't know, lay on George Floyd's neck for nine minutes, right? And right. because you're able to get away with that, you're demonstrating power, and then it just reintroduces the idea to you that you are actually powerful and you get away with this kind of stuff. Good thing he didn't. Yes, good thing he did. But yeah, I think that's a lot of it with the police officers who go bad is that they were they were more interested in power than anything else. Yeah, and I wouldn't even call it go bad. I would call it, you know, they are bad. Right, <laughs> and, right. and they happen to become police right. officers. Yeah, that may be the yeah. case too. Um, but that, <laughs> th- their primary thing is it means to exercise power rather than yes. be just and uh, yeah, I think this this explains a lot of the people who end up in jobs, careers that you get to exercise that kind of authority uh, over other people. Yeah, cops and I don't know. I mean, soldiers and Marines and uh, presidents. Presidents, <laughs> sure. senators. Uh, yep, yep. Political power is one of those arenas. I think we see this in probably education and then like churches for sure you know oh, yeah, i mean like definitely. pastors <clears throat> uh-huh. and i i have been in churches where there there have been very empathetic and emotionally mature mm-hmm. leaders but you hear so many stories about uh-huh. the this type of guy we're talking about you know and it, it's that allure of like i've got these people and you feel like this is my following, uh-huh. right? Instead of this just being a collection of God's children, this is no; these are mine, uh-huh. <laughs> right? And I'm going to manipulate them, right. yes, exactly. to my advantage. And it's, yeah. it's not a religion thing; I think it's just a human thing. No, you're right, right. But you see it in so many different areas. But you're right; I think it is absolutely and a this human is the, thing. The famous Stanford Prison Study, yes, right. That's what, I that's love what, that study. Oh, yeah. I mean, this it's is, yes. crazy. Right? Yeah, this. But that's what he was trying to get at, right? Yeah. Is that basically there is a sizable percentage of the human population. And remember, he included men and women in the yes, study. Yes, That if 
give it the opportunity, power will corrupt them. Yes. Basically. Yes. Yeah. Especially if you're with other people, you know, who have that same power. You, it's very easy to quickly just develop a, um, you know, a brotherhood of sorts. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And that's why I think anytime you have, you as anybody, yeah. go into an environment where there's one central authority, mm-hmm. you have to be very, 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 very careful yeah. with that central authority. And if you get anything that smacks of authoritarianism for that person. Yeah. Run. Uh, you gotta get out of there. I'm gonna insert the meme music after I say run. You know. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, I'll okay. play it for you after okay. we get done recording. We love that meme. Anyway, so what'd you do after you were a Marine? Um, went straight into working with kids with autism. Wow. I needed a job. I went into that, learned and been there ever since i can't um, imagine a more extreme jump from <laughs> from being a marine to like yes. i'm gonna work with children yes. who have autism that's great <laughs> which actually so i i work with kids um great families yeah. loving families that was a good opportunity then i went to a, a mental hospital okay um so where the kids were like um dss dumping grounds and the Shoot. worst of the worst it's so sad i actually heard more profanity in there than i heard in the marines which oh. says a lot says yeah a lot. that doesn't surprise <laughs> me what drew you to that did you know somebody or did you just like think this is what i want to do um i knew somebody one okay. of my good friends he was applying for the job and um so we all we all got in there and i right. really loved it ever since because i'm like oh working with kids yeah good um autism yeah cool <laughs> and then i, I learned so much to yeah where sure. I just and yeah. like i said it's more a lot of people are, of course they're like oh you're, you're so great so patient and i was like i i respect that and i say thank you but yeah. for most of it it's been a healing for yeah. me because it's it's kind of taking me out of my own head yes into somebody else's and just the way they are and the way that we interact has actually, I feel like it's made me a better person. Yeah. Helped yeah. me with all the demons that I had to face. Unlikely set of people. Right? <laughs> right. No kidding. Uh, but I think a lot of people are scared of autism. Absolutely. Um, and I, I understand why. I think we're all created. We all have our tribes. Right. And if somebody doesn't look like our tribe, we're going to be scared of it. Right. But it's fear based. Yeah. Learn to, that fear we like okay it's it's normal yeah but step into that and yeah. expose yourself to something that you're afraid of i think you're going to learn a lot of good things from absolutely. it absolutely make yourself uncomfortable i think that's always like we're all so hesitant to do that i feel like a lot of life is about maintaining comfort <laughs> right and anytime i think you can put yourself in a position to be even just a little more uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of the reasons that I did the podcast because I'm like, I never actually, I mean, people know around me, but I'm not telling people like coming out to everybody. No. Right. Yeah. It's not like you carry your story around your neck everywhere, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I also, I mean, I, I really enjoyed going to YouTube and looking at coming out videos because I'm like, oh. I'm not, it's not just me. Yeah. But yeah. it took guts from the other person to be on there saying, this that's is my right. story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm like, I have to pay forward mm-hmm. once i feel like i'm in a stable place mm. in myself be like okay there's other people that are yeah that need to hear stories of people that 
it's it it does get better. Yeah. <laughs> but it no, does but get you're better. right. That there's a reason they called that series yes, that you it know. Does. Yeah. And do you ever wonder how difficult it was? Like if you would come out say in the early '90s and there was no YouTube. Oh my gosh! Like <laughs> yeah. like not just that, but like everything. It was different uh, then. Oh yeah. I mean, I just remember being in school. You guys. I mean, I don't know when were you in elementary school? Because that um, was that was '80s '90s for me. Well, middle. Elementary, middle, 80s, yeah, 90s. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and, 90s. And then, and even in high school, there was such a stigma for homosexuality that it was widely, it was a joke. It was like made fun of. Yeah. And, you know, if it came up at all, it was in a ridiculing kind of way. Yeah. And uh-huh. the culture that there wasn't next was super open yes. and accepting. But even, I'm at a Christian private school now and even those students, you know, the ones who are a little older and kind of are aware of like, you know, what's going on <laughs> because the younger ones are very sheltered. Right. But the older students, I mean, they're it's just kind of a given that we're going to be accepting, you know, that what you said earlier about just being respectful no matter what. I yeah. think there's there's a general sense of that, whereas 30 years ago, absolutely not. You yeah. know, when I got to next, I was shocked at the difference. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. thought for a while, I thought like this can't be real. Yeah. These kids are so accepting. Because no, that, they definitely are. That was the number one thing we did in high school was call each other gay. Yes. Like that was... That as a was, joke. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or not even as a joke, like as a really hurtful thing to say to Oh, people. oh, right. Like a dig. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then when I got there and there were these kids, you know, like openly gay and other kids... Yes. Weren't making fun of them? Absolutely not. I was like... Where am I right now? What is happening? <laughs> yeah. We're into Oz now. Yeah. Yeah. It took me like two weeks to like process what was going on. I was like, oh... I see. This is really dope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very cool. And it makes me super proud. And the, to me, one of the best things about it, be, besides just, you know, giving kind of a like uh, life affirming positivity and encouragement to to all people. One of the best things about it from an educator's perspective is just like we're not wasting time on this. We're not wasting time having to deal with the different factions that form and all the fear and all the bullying and ridicule that takes up so much time. And for you guys to be so cool about this, that not not only are you accepting of it, but it's just not a big deal. Like you don't need to, there's not a lot of processing that needs to go on here because they've already kind of worked through it. You know, it's great. You can just teach like it's really great, you know? (laughs) And and ultimately (laughs) it prepares them yeah. For the real world. Yes. Like, yes. You want to go into an office or a Jiffy Where room. it doesn't matter what everybody's doing in their bedrooms. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. And exactly. Somebody in your yeah. office yeah. or in yeah. the Walmart mm-hmm. or in your whatever work thing is going to be gay. Right. You can't just sit there and ridicule them. Like, right. You have to go forth with life. You can't even internally have issues because you're going to just be wasting your time and the company's money. And like, you just got to move on, you know? But I also think, I mean, I wouldn't trade my experience. I never sure. got bullied for that. That's I don't great. Think. I give people the benefit of the doubt. So if they sure. did, I just like, you just enough. Right, right, right. Um, I got it, bullied. It, but yeah. it was, I, don't, I never thought it was because of who I was. Sure. Maybe they were bullying me because I was that. But um, I wouldn't trade it for anything else because I think it helped me be more confident as a person. Yeah. And I, I, sometimes a lot of all those fears that I had were not true, like you were saying. Because uh-huh. mm-hmm. I remember when I first started coming out, I was like in my uh, mid-20s. I was like, I'm going to start 
telling people yeah well, well not not like yeah. wearing my sleeve but if people are close <laughs> to me i'm gonna be like hey yeah. at some point you're gonna know this fact about me right right or else because there's, there's come a point where you don't have to tell them but if you're close you have to tell them or else mm-hmm. you're gonna have to start lying right mm-hmm. yeah it's the stuff that, that you do right so i remember being so afraid of telling people because i had a like a bigger friend group and so afraid but those fears were unfounded mm. um and i remember there was one guy he's like conservative macho <laughs> really good friends with me mm-hmm. i was so scared of losing him I, mm-hmm. rejects him pretty much right mm-hmm. and i remember one time telling him and i'm, I'm a jokester so i would always <laughs> make jokes and i was like hey i'm gay and he's like yeah right <laughs> <laughs> and then he started laughing like that yeah and, and then i just said no i'm gay no for and real he's though like, oh, yeah all right and then he i could see him process yeah. right and he told me something that i would never forget he's like well first uh, he's like, I used to be homophobic, but oh. I like you, and I'm so confused. Oh, he's like, I he like you as a, a person. So yeah. he had a stereotype, mm-hmm. but I didn't fit the stereotype. Mm-hmm. So for him, mm-hmm. his mind was going like, can't mm-hmm. compute. <laughs> I like you as a person, but you're gay. How but is this possible? T- exactly. <laughs> and so for the, he's like, eh, I was, I thought he was gonna be. He was very emotionally mature, so I yeah. thought he was. If if it, if it was anybody else, he wouldn't want to compute with that and be like attack me yeah not for for myself but right. for the process that they had to go through but he's just like and for a long time i mean we were really good friends yeah that's great um and we kept and i mean that's the beauty of it we never agreed on that right mm-hmm. we never mm-hmm. did but i don't think that's a point i don't think no. the point is for everybody to agree is no. to be like i respect you as a person and it's you who I care for and not what you do. That's right. Right. That's right. Because, and this is, I mean, we've talked about this before. It's like, if you want to really dig in to every aspect of everybody's life, you're going to find something about Uh anyone that you love yeah. That you don't exactly agree yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are we nitpicking this particular thing? Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Why is this yeah. the thing? Yeah. You know. And I think I have that my parents to to thank for that they never me being a son was never on the table of leaving or keeping that was like your son so complete safety that's right we don't agree with this and they're like we think the bible's against it but you're still gonna be our son and that like i think that speaks volumes yeah i remember i had a kid with um well i don't think he had autism just behavioral yes he had some sexual uh, abuse yeah. behind that and um uh for some reason he, he kept liking to me and he kept trying to push my buttons all the time and then every time he's like if i do this will you be mad at me which not mm. stop being my friend and the whole time i had to say i'd probably be mad but i'll never stop being your friend mm. and i kept repeating that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then he pushed the the because i mean he had the history of of abuse mm-hmm. so he had to find acceptance i think that's what we are yeah and so i kept telling telling him that i'll stop I'll never stop being your friend. I'll probably right. be mad. I'll probably have to distance myself if you keep harassing me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but but I'll never I'll never stop being your friend. Yeah. And then when I finally repeated that over and over again, he just like complete day and night. Wow. Nothing. Wow. He wanted to know that he was accepted. That's right. Yeah. Everybody wants that. Yeah. Everybody needs that. So yeah. so that's one of the things with my my family is like they I was always accepted. Yeah. Because you can accept a person and yeah. still have, you know, your own little issues with whatever's yeah. going on. Like some parents would say, 
I don't like that you're cohabiting before you get married. Exactly. You know, it's just yeah. like I'm not like disowning you as my <laughs> son or daughter. You know, but I think like, it's because we get the we get confused with behavior and identity. Yes, and a lot of people think that our behavior is our identity. So right. In order, sometimes we attack the identity instead of attacking the behavior. That's right. right. And attacking the identity is always very harmful. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Because what are you supposed to do? It's like. Well, that I can't change. Right. Exactly. exactly. So, like the staff that I work with, yeah. they're like, "This kid is being. This kid is bad." Yeah. And I'm like, "Well, why are you frustrated about? If he's bad, he's going to do bad things. That's why right. Why are you frustrated? That's right. right. That's right." I'm like, "It's because in your mind, you know he's good, but he's making wrong choices. That's right. right. That's why you're frustrated. Oh man, does this connect? That's in- I think that language is important. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people think like gay is a part of me, but it's not my identity. Right. It's a behavior. Right. And it's not a behavior. It's not, I can't, I didn't choose it. Straighten right. up your wrist. Uh, exactly. <laughs> right. exactly. I mean, like I even think about it. I was like, maybe, I mean, if I kept on that world, I could probably marry a, a woman sure. and have kids and probably learn to love this woman. Sure. I think that has happened a because lot. Because sexuality yeah. is so fluid. <laughs> yeah. I right. Think. Yeah. I am a, I'm with you 100%. I want to talk about it later. So episode two with this guy is talking about fluidity. I'm so into this right now. Well, but anyway, go you ahead. You just got invited back in the middle no, of the No, seriously. We never, we never had absolutely before. invited back. This is like the best episode we've ever done. I, yeah. I 100% agree. Any closing thoughts, Jonathan? No, I mean, this is just a journey. Yeah. And I'll probably listen to this podcast in like five years and be like, whoa, I was way off or whoa. But I think it's a journey. Like, you yeah, keep, your thoughts keep changing. It doesn't mean you're wrong. It just means you're right at that time. That's right. Right. That's right. So you were doing the best you could. Exactly. Given what and you my knew. parents yeah. were doing the best they could. That's right. So they weren't wrong. They're just doing the best. I they mean, could. just me hearing that you weren't allowed to listen to any music with a beat <laughs> and the fact that they did not disown you or kick you out. <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, come on. I'm giving your parents mad props oh, right yes, now. Yeah. Yes. Cool. 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 Jonathan, yes. thanks for being here, thanks man. Thanks for having me. We're this is fun. We're so happy to have had you. Do you have any, anything you'd like to plug? We, people can follow you on social media. Yeah, you web, making anything that we can get I into? Mean, my my Instagram website. is uh, private right now, so I'm not really... Okay. Maybe the next time you're on, you'll yes, have, maybe I have something. Yeah, yeah. Something, exactly. to, something to plug, sure. All right, well, let's plug our stuff. All right. Well, we have a lot of choices. You can follow us on Facebook. Yep. You can follow us on Instagram. Yep. But if you want the chance to talk to a famous person, yep, explain underscore yourself on Twitter, yep, and you can talk to the muscle hamster, yep. Now you may say, "Hey, you're not really famous." <laughs> and then, you know, I say to that person, "What? Shut up." <laughs> I do the Twitter. Yep, we're over a thousand followers. I mean, come on, which was really exciting for us because we started this year at a hot 17. We did. We thousand. had a hot 17. And do you know when we first started Twitter, you you went and got us a bunch of followers, and then I have access to the Twitter, and I saw them, and I was like, "Who are these weirdos?" And then I deleted all of them. Like, yeah, you I, did. Yeah. <laughs> Not delete. What's what is the word for you, it on you Twitter? You unfriended them. I unfriended all of them on Twitter. But anyway, you've built us back up from literally nothing. Yeah. So come aboard. There's funny stuff going on over there. And I will speak to you directly. Yes, he will. Now, He'll it, engage in a very polite I, and friendly way. Yeah, it doesn't really mean I want to hear what you have to say. Like, you may not... I mean, if it's interesting. Yeah, sure. You, yeah. You may not get a dissertation, but you'll at least get a polite response. Yeah. And you can tell all your friends. That's social capital. That's right. Hey, I got a tweet back for the muscle hand. That's right. And if you're wondering what to tweet, tell us what you think of the podcast or, like, give us uh, episode topic suggestions. That'd be good. We'll take that. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Michael, final word. 
Spread love, it's the Brooklyn way, the only way, from the philosopher Lil' Kid. And always be ready. To explain yourself. To explain yourself. <laughs>